You are listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast, an honest and non-judgmental discussion on faith in God and the doubts we often have, why it's sometimes difficult to trust God, and how we can know with a surety that He loves us. This show centers on strengthening and rebuilding our faith after loss, tragedy, or when coming to Christianity from a non-Christian or pseudo-Christian worldview. Now, here is your host, Gene Curl. Hello and welcome back to Recovering Faith Podcast. Uh, there wasn't an episode last week because I had some major technical difficulties and I think I pretty much got them all worked out. Also, if you noticed that some of my earlier podcast episodes are not showing up on iTunes and I'm trying to fix that, but it may be a few days. So if you go to look right now, you might not find any episodes uh, before episode 12, I think. Uh, and this episode is going to be the first part in a multi-part series. I don't know how many it'll be because I just however much content I have to on this subject, but uh, this is going to be a, the first part of a multi-part series called What I Learned as a Bus Driver. And it's going to go through kind of how I got into bus driving, why I stayed so long, and uh, some of the life lessons I learned, and of course some humorous stories. And when I was in college, the first time I was in college, I was working for a construction company and the owner was going through a rough time in his life. He was like going through a divorce. And and though he had previously been a good boss, he was at this point making poor choices, not paying his employees on time. He was getting angry at small things. And so I was forced to find a new job, mostly because I wasn't getting paid, though. One of my friends worked for the city, driving the city bus, and suggested that I apply there. So I did, and I got hired. But I told myself that I would only work there until something better came along. I was there for a little over five years. And by the way, I didn't finish college during that time. By the time I left the bus industry, many years and several companies later, I had driven a bus for almost exactly a third of my life. Not just a third of my adult life, but a third of my entire life. An interesting tidbit is, when I first moved to Pocatello, Idaho, the town where I drove the city bus, I once had to ride the bus and said to myself that I would never drive a bus. Well, you know what they say about saying never. Also, if you hear noise in the background, I'm still watching my mother's cat, so you might hear a meow every once in a while or bat something around. I can't really control that. If I lock him out of the room, he'll just stand out at the door and meow the whole time, and so that would be more distracting, so I let him in. Anyhow, during the many years that I drove a bus, I learned a great many things, and some of them were painful lessons. One of the things I learned is that even if you have the information someone desperately needs, if they didn't ask you for that information, they're not likely to accept it from you and may even become hostile with you for having offered it. Let me explain. The city of Pocatello, Idaho has 
or at least when I lived there, had an agreement with the university, and they run a campus route that's fare-free, and that covers the campus area. And during the time I drove for the city, I was often assigned to the oldest and least reliable bus in the fleet. Well, not the oldest. That one would be the bus used in the movie Napoleon Dynamite, which was only used for special occasions. But my bus was a close second in age. The bus I typically drove had an electrical issue that necessitated removing a panel and flipping a couple of breakers to reset the affected systems. For reasons that I no longer remember, one day I was assigned to one of the new buses and the driver with the most seniority was assigned to my typical bus. And when it inevitably had the problems previously mentioned, she called the driver with the second most seniority to ask him how to fix the problem. But of course, he had absolutely no idea since he had never driven that bus. Once the driver said that he didn't know how to fix the problem, I responded on my radio and told her the procedure to fix it. And to my great surprise, uh, she was not welcoming of the information and said that she did not recall asking me anything and then went on to ask for assistance from the mechanics. The mechanics also did not know what the problem was and suggested she ask the other drivers. So I again laid out the procedure for fixing the problem and this time it was all she could do to not swear at me over the radio. It wound up that she had to sit on the side of the road for half an hour until the mechanics could get her at, to get to her to figure out the problem. And they fixed the problem in the exact manner that I told that I had uh, described twice. And by the way, getting behind on a route was not something that the city was uh, pleased with. It was frowned on greatly, especially if you get behind uh, that far. But anyhow, uh, this lady got off work at least two hours before I did that day, but she patiently waited at the dispatch until I got off work so she could come and tear me a new one for daring to offer advice when it was not asked for, since she had, after all, asked the other driver and not me. And when she yelled at me, I said, and did he have the answer? Because uh, we, at this point, we went by our numbers and not our. We went by our numbers and not by, by our names, on the radio. And I forget what his number was, but she said, "Well, I radioed number whatever it was, not number five twenty, which was my number." And I said, "Well, and did he have the answer?" And I asked that, knowing full well that he didn't. No, he didn't. She said. But that's not the point. No one asked you anything. And to be fair, I'm not going to say it in this podcast, but she said that more like the way Samuel L. Jackson would have said it. In that kind of colorful language. So, I said as calmly as I could, you're telling me that you would rather get 30 minutes behind on your route than even to try what I suggested to see if it helps. Am I understanding that correctly? That's correct, she said firmly and rudely. Unless I specifically ask for your advice, and I never will, 
you had better not say and it's insert expletive thing here thing to me and I think it's important to mention, as I said a while ago, that getting behind on a route was not kindly looked upon by the city, and getting behind caused the drivers a lot of stress. I mention this to stress how firmly opposed to accepting my help she really was, though I'm not sure if it was just because she didn't like me, or if it was because of my age, or because of how recently I had started driving a bus, just a year or so before that point. I'd driven commercial vehicles before, though, but not a bus. Before driving the bus, I drove a dump truck for a concrete company and a large box truck for the newspaper company. A few weeks after my confrontation with that one coworker, I offered helpful and accurate advice to another driver, and my supervisor's boss said that he would like to hear my voice over the radio a lot less. So from that point on, I would completely ignore the radio unless there was some reason that I was mandated to use the radio, such as being behind on a route, having a mechanical issue, or when someone specifically called for me on the radio. Even when one of the fixed routes was behind and I was driving an unstructured route, such as one of the special needs routes, and was ahead on schedule, I would not volunteer to help catch them up and would only do so if specifically asked to do so by the boss or dispatch. I'm not saying I was in the right by not helping anymore, but I had decided that I would no longer offer assistance or advice unless it was asked of me because I had no desire to be censured for simply offering assistance which I was qualified to give and free to offer. Since I've decided to make this uh, series instead of a standalone blog and podcast, I'm not going to try to cram all the things I learned while driving a bus into it, into this one episode, and I'm not going to try to put all of my funny and interesting stories into one episode either. And I thought, uh, and though I'd thought about doing it, um, I'm not going to go through my experiences in a strictly chronological manner. I'm just going to tell them in the way that they make sense to me which will be mostly chronological, but not strictly. And another one of the many things that I learned while driving a bus, though not as quickly as I should have learned it, is to be patient when people do stupid things and to let small things pass and not consider them to be a personal insult. And one day that that was really hammered home is I was driving, when I was driving for the city, I was leaving the university area and a car pulled out of a parking lot and cut me off, almost causing an accident. So I did what I thought was the logical and most satisfying thing to do, and that was to lay on the horn to make sure the driver knew that he'd done something wrong and something stupid. Despite the fact that the light was green, the car that cut me off stopped in the middle of the road, but instead of just stopping, it stopped at an angle that made it all but impossible for me to go around it with the bus. After the car came to a screeching halt, the driver jumped out and angrily approached my bus. At first, he tried to jerk the door open, and when that failed, he came around to the other side of the bus. It was a hot day, and there, were no air, there wasn't any air conditioning on the bus I was driving, so I had my windows open. When the man came around to my side of the bus, he started swearing at me and he tried to drag me out the open window. 
So I put the bus in reverse and started backing up, which made the man let go of me. Since the man wasn't able to drag me out of the window and beat me up for honking at him for almost causing an accident, he jumped back in his car and drove off. I, of course, told my boss about it, and the incident was reported to the police, and it turned out that the man was a professor at the university. There were never any charges filed, but I did receive more than a little satisfaction when I learned that the man who had tried to assault me got fired from the university for his poor conduct. After a little more than five years with the city of Pocatello, I moved to Lincoln, Nebraska. And while I did not initially drive a bus when I moved there, I wound up driving a bus most of the time that I lived there. When I first moved to Nebraska, I drove a truck, but after I got laid off when things got slow, I started driving for the University of Nebraska-Lincoln as well as the party bus. I hated driving the party bus, but possibly even more uh, possibly even more than I hated driving the city bus, but I will get on to that later. And then after a while, when I quit driving for the university and for the, and for the uh, party bus, I started driving for a tour bus company. I have quite obviously made a lot of mistakes in my life, and I previously told this story in an earlier podcast and blog titled The Parable of the Groundhog. But it bears repeating here. During the time that I drove a tour bus, I often drove church groups, and I had dropped off a group of Nebraska kids at a Bible camp in Kansas. And a week later, I went to pick them up. When I had originally dropped off the kids and their leaders, I took the route that the GPS told me to take ignoring the, fa- the passengers when they told me to take another route that would take half an hour longer. The reason the passengers didn't want me to follow GPS is because it took me down a dirt road that was questionable at best. We got to camp ahead of schedule and I didn't see what the big deal was. When I was on my way to pick up the kids and take them back to Omaha, Nebraska, I had originally planned to take the longer route but I got stuck in construction and was way behind. So I decided to take a shortcut. Keep in mind that the passengers were adamant that I not take the shortcut. It had rained previously, but the surface had dried and it wasn't immediately obvious. There were signs that read, road closed when wet and uh, no commercial vehicles. Of course, I didn't think the road was wet and I didn't actually see the sign that said no commercial vehicles. I was told about that later. But I saw the sign that said clothes when wet, and since I didn't think the road was wet, I ignored the sign. Once I turned on the road, I immediately knew it was wet, but decided I didn't want to back out onto the highway and decided to proceed. After all, it was only about a quarter of a mile to the other end, and I would come out on the other highway. I was literally only about 50 feet from the end of the road when the bus lost traction and was hopelessly uh, stuck. It really doesn't take much to get a tour bus stuck. I called the group to let them know I would be late, and I had to call my boss to ask for a tow. A few minutes later, an extremely angry sheriff showed up and immediately made sure that, that I knew that he was not happy. And then he made sure that I knew how much of an idiot I was.
The sheriff gave me a nearly $600 fine for failure to follow posted directions. And and, uh, he said that if he wanted, he could have also charged me for the damage to the road, but I got off lucky. The sheriff told me that he had half a mind to not allow the tow trucks to pull me out and to make me stay until the road dried, but he said he didn't want my kind of stupidity to stay in the county. Yeah, he was not very pleased with me at all, and he made sure that I knew it. I showed up five hours late to pick up my group, all because I wanted to save half an hour. In the end, it cost me close to $600, and after paying a few thousand dollars to get the bus towed and refunding the passengers their money, I cost the company a substantial sum of money as well. The sheriff would not let the tow trucks, uh, it, it took two of the tow trucks, but the sheriff wouldn't let the tow trucks pull me the other 50 feet to the road. He'd made me back all the way out the way I'd come. After all the effort and trouble, I still had to take the longer route, the route that I should have taken in the first place. When I picked up the passengers, they were livid with me, and rightly so. And if they were not Christian, they might have killed me and driven the bus back themselves. After yelling at me for half an hour, the group didn't say a single word to me the rest of the four-hour trip back to Omaha. Needless to say, I did not get a tip, nor did I deserve or expect one. Once I got the bus back to the bus garage, my supervisor informed me that he was extremely disappointed with me and that he had to bend over backward to convince the company to keep me. Honestly, I was surprised that I didn't get fired, and I completely deserved to be fired for my stupidity. I stayed with the company for another, uh, for quite a few years after that, and I turned out to be a good investment in the company. But they still uh, went out on a limb by keeping me, as they had no guarantee that I would make the company money, and had every reason to consider me a liability. For the entire next year, I felt like I was walking on eggshells to keep from doing anything wrong. I made it a point to not turn down any run, regardless of how horrible I knew it would be, and I made sure not to complain about the trip or the groups. I'm grateful that the company kept me, and even if they had fired me, I would not have a single bad thing to say about the company, and they were one of the best companies that I've ever worked for. I didn't leave the leave them because I didn't uh, like the company. I left because I was just tired of driving the tour bus and I was tired of never being home, which I will get more into later. And of course, uh, the most important thing I learned while driving a bus is that God is real and that he loves me. And I've talked a lot about this in the past and I will continue to talk about it. Uh, What I'll say about it today is that due to driving a bus, I was put on the I was put with the right people who brought me back to faith after being an atheist for three years or so. And I will be forever grateful that God did not give up on me when I gave up on him. I'm looking forward to talking more about my experiences as a bus driver and uh, whenever applicable, how that relates to the gospel. And I hope that uh, you come back and listen to the rest of those episodes. And as always, if you haven't done so already, uh, please subscribe on, on iTunes. 
And uh, if you have any questions or comments, go to genecurl.com and submit a form, and I will get back with you as soon as I can. Thanks for listening, and God bless. <coughs> Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.